I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Last night's 6-3 win over the Capitals was probably the best game the Penguins have played all season. Good morning, good Monday morning. I'm Taylor Haas again, filling in for Dan on another daily shot of Penguins podcast. He'll be back Tuesday, so I'm just filling in for another day or two with these with these shows. Um, and we're going to talk about the Penguins win last night, and then I'm going to answer some of the questions that I didn't get to uh, last episode. We had way too many come in. Um, but yeah, last night, 6-3 went over the Capitals. That was, it's definitely the best effort they've put, they've put forth all season so far and we saw a couple of uh first I mean that was the first two goal lead they had at any point this season um that's just crazy to think about and then um that was the first time that they were ahead in the scoreboard uh going into the third period again crazy to think about and then uh yeah to win 6-3 that's huge it's a huge two points against a division rival I we've been repeating it over and over but um these games, you know, are every game means so much more this season because eight teams in their division, the top four are going to make um, the playoffs. And so every point matters just that much more because it's only against their own division. These are the teams you're competing with to make the playoffs. And the Penguins, I mean, they've, they haven't been ahead in the third period at all this season until... Um, until last night, and a lot of these games have gone into overtime, so they've been giving away um, a lot of these these loser points to, to other East Division teams, so uh, that's huge to not only win, but to win in regulation against the Capitals. Uh, and uh, two guys who, who stood out last night the most for me, uh, I wrote about it in, in my story, uh, Cody Ceci and Mike Matheson, I mean, they were probably their best defenseman um in the game um, I mean statistically they if you look at the shot attempts they they were the best uh defenseman in the game uh when when they were on the ice when when CC was on the ice the Penguins controlled um just over 55 percent of the shot attempts and that's um almost a nine percent rise from when he was not on the ice and then when Matheson was on the ice, it was just over, um, I want to say, 50. I think it was 52% of the shot attempts. Um, and that's up a little over 3% from when he was not on the ice. So uh, when they were on the ice, the Penguins were, were in control. They were possessing the puck more often. Uh, but, I mean, that's huge to see games from, big games from both of those guys. Because they're two guys who had struggled, really, to start the season. Matheson really didn't have a, a great start at all. He got injured in that second game. He was out for a while when he came back. That first game when he came back um, still looked a little rough. But these last two games, he's he's looked really strong. Um, something he talked about at practice is that, you know, this kind of extended time off he thought would be good for him because coming in for a new team, he's still learning the system, learning the way the team wants to play. And being able to to watch the games from a different angle and really focus on video for for this long, um, he thought would just be good for him. And and I asked him about it after after last night's game, and he said he feels more comfortable after um, 
that extended time off. But I mean, they were they were strong on on both sides of the puck, both of them. Matheson, um, his uh, he had the primary assist on the Brian Ruskell um, in the first period, and it was just. It, that was good to see because, I mean, something we, we talked about, you know, with Mike Matheson, you know, when he was joining the team is that he has, you know, really great offensive instincts. And we really haven't seen that uh, up until this point. And, I mean, we saw that him and Crosby, they had a really nice passing play leading up to the goal. Um, and I, I have the clip of it in my story if you, if you go and find it on the site. But uh, Crosby moves towards the blue line and, and Matheson and if you look at Crosby he's looking for Matheson to move forward in the play so he can set him up and Matheson uh didn't hesitate he knew right away what Crosby wanted him to do so Matheson moved forward in the play um and he he passed the puck it, it was through like a little bit of traffic it was through the legs of I think Gensel um there are two capital sticks right right in that area and he found he found Russ right away uh in perfect position for the tap in so that was um that was great to see. CC picked up a primary assist too. Uh, a little bit, I think I was 30 seconds later. That goal, yeah, it was Tanev's goal. Um, just a shot from the point. Tanev buried the rebound. Um, Tanev picked up. I mean, uh, CC picked up another uh, secondary assist later in the game. Matheson originally had a secondary assist. As I'm recording this, they just took it away. But uh, and but I mean, they were good on both sides of the puck. Um, CC, he led the team with three block shots. He had a hit, he had a takeaway. Uh, Matheson had one hit and the, the defensive play that stands out from him, um, for me, it was in, it was early in the second period. Garnet Hathaway, uh, took off on a breakaway and, uh, Matheson caught up to him and dove and, and just, and just knocked the puck away. That was the best, uh, I thought we saw from him all night. And then, uh, Moving away from the defenseman, I mean, Jari, for him to come in, uh, get the win, that was big from him. He So he led in three goals. None of none of, none of them were really bad goals from him. They were kind of bad, we, just weird weird bounces, weird plays. Um, great game from him uh, to come in because, you know, he's, he's been struggling. Coming into this game, um, the stat I've referenced a couple times now, the um, goals saved above expectation, which is the stat for goalies that um, measures how they stand up to the quality of shots they're facing. So uh, it, it's better than like save percentage or goals against average in that in that regard. Uh, Jari had the worst the worst numbers in the league in that uh, in that stat. So for him to come in, starting to look more like his old self uh that's that was encouraging um and then the top line uh Crosby Gensel uh Rust I think they combined for seven points um they accounted for four of the goals so um good to see them clicking too because uh, the top six really they've struggled they've been streaky too at times so and then uh I thought I mean Tanev Tanev it was it was really fun to watch him all game. I mean, he had the goal, but um, just watching him, um, the energy he had, and then how physical he was getting with, like, Tom Wilson and uh, Brendan Dillon in the crease. Uh, he was fired up all game. He was definitely getting in, in, in the heads of the guys I just mentioned. Um, they, were they were yelling at each other from the bench all game. Um, but, yeah, just great game from them. And then uh, good to do it in front of Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. They were in the building for the first time. Uh, since they got hired, 
Um, so good to put, good, uh, good to put on a show, good show in front of the new bosses. We both have, uh, stories up on the site from last night from PPG Paints Arena, so you can go check them out on DKPittsburghSports.com, but stay tuned, I'll be back in the next segment taking your questions. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food to all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to PittsburghFoodBank.org slash get help to find food near you. All right, normally when Dayan uh, does this podcast, the second segment, he calls it just one question. Uh, I'm going to be taking a bit more than that, mostly because I'm not quite as adept at talking to myself for, for 20 plus minutes. So um, I like uh, I like moving through these pretty quickly, more content. Um, so I put out a call on, on the last podcast to leave them on the site. A couple of you did that. I, I just asked for a couple more on Twitter too. So uh, we have a couple of good questions. One of them, uh, left on the site from last week, uh, the username, I think it's Jay Pico. He says, what kind of player does it take to quarterback a power play? 
and uh, this is this is good because I just asked uh, Wilkes-Barre's coach JD Forrest this question uh, last week when uh, the start of the season when they put Cam Lee on their top power play as the quarterback. So I'll I'll put that right here. What he said. Yeah, his a uh, like I said, he's hard to read up there, and we've got two two guys on the flanks that are pretty dangerous on their forehand. So if he can dish pucks to those guys quickly and without um, without making it obvious where he's going, and also he's got the ability to get off the lane and, and shoot pucks on there. And with uh, with Timmy Schaller at the net front, um, we we like our chances if it gets delivered to the net as far as a tip or some rebounds. So he's got a couple different uh, tricks up his sleeve. Uh, Cam does up on the blue line. Yeah. So what what Forrest said there is that um, you know you really need to be elusive and hard to read because if you're quarterbacking the power play, you know they're direct they're directing the play. They're um, they're setting everyone up. So it that's why Cam Lee is there because he said Cam Lee is very shifty, very elusive, very hard to read. So. Um, that, that's what makes a good power play quarterback. And, uh, if I, Cam Lee, I could talk about Cam Lee a little bit more too, because, um, he's been so interesting to watch. Um, the, the, the prospect the Penguins signed, uh, this past spring, uh, the defenseman out of Western Michigan. Um, he's, so Wilkes-Barre's played three games now. He's, he's an offensive defenseman and something Forrest said, uh, you know, during, during camp is that the challenge with Lee and any any young offensive defenseman is going to be um, having them learn when to take a risk and when to play play more defensively. Uh, it's about learning the risk reward balance and you know when you're going to get burned at this level when you, when you might not have gotten burned um, at the college level. And Lee offensively, he he looked great in those first two games. He picked up um, two points in his first in his first game. Uh, and then another point in his second game. And then this third game um, really wasn't clicking for him offensively, but he um, he had a, he had a couple of big block shots. I don't have the exact numbers because the AHL still does not track that kind of stuff. But um, a couple of big block shots. He, he actually, in the third, he left early in the third because he, he blocked a, a really heavy shot. Um, limped off the ice, still no status update on him. But uh, I, I asked when I asked Forrest about you know those those shots after the game, um, he said that was you know really encouraging to see from him because you know like I said he is an offensive defenseman and um, you know when it's not clicking for him offensively you have to find other ways to contribute and and that's what he did if you know he he's not getting the points on on the power play or, or what have you to to step up and have those um those blocks that's a Good to see from him in, in just his third AHL game. Uh, moving to Twitter questions. Uh, John says, with Hextall as the new GM, will there be any significant coaching strategy or roster changes made? Coaching strategy specifically? I really don't think so. Um, I don't think he's going to tell Sullivan how to do his job. Sullivan, you know, the day after uh, the hiring said, you know, the goal for him the work for him really doesn't change he's still his job is still to coach the team the best way he knows how and so I don't I don't think any GM really that's their jurisdiction to tell the coach to 
strategy, uh, how to make strategy decisions. Roster changes, though, that is all Hextall and Burke. Burke is uh, as his advisor as the president of hockey operations. Um, I think yes, because, I mean, you heard Burke say it, uh, what, two, three months ago at this point, before he got hired, that this team is not uh, a winner. The, the window as the is closed as the roster is currently constructed. So um, they know that this roster, as it's currently built, is will not win. So, I mean, they have to make moves. And that goes into the next question we got, which um, from Jim on Twitter is, as the D get healthy, who might bring the highest return in a trade and who would be, uh, most likely be moved, if any? So um, back to John's question, roster changes. They really don't have that many pieces to move out. Um, if they're looking to add assets, I mean, they really don't have any picks or prospects to give up. So a defenseman, I think, would be the most likely player to be moved out because P.O.'s emergence really creates um, <laughs> it creates a problem because now they have too many left-handed defensemen. Um, P.O. just has to be in, in, the, in the lineup. He can't go back to the taxi squad or Wilkes-Barre. He's been too good. Um, Dumoulin... He's still hurt, uh, and then Pedersen, he's coming back soon. Both of them, uh, probably because just their contracts, uh, how young they are, and that you know they're still good. They're probably going to get you the biggest return, um, and would just be the easiest to trade because Mike Matheson, he's a lefty guy too. With his contract, you're not going to trade him and get a, a a good asset back. You would probably have to pay someone to take on that contract. Four point. Eight seven five million. That that's a lot. Um, and then Rikola is the other left-handed defenseman who's hurt. Uh, Rikola, no team has seen enough of him at this level playing defense uh, to make him that valuable as an asset. And then his his cap hit is so low. Uh, I I'm, I think it's one million this year that it's not really worth moving him out. You're not going to free up a lot of cap space. Uh, uh, that would make it worth it, and then you're not going to get back a, a player uh, that fits in, in the cap that that, is, that would be worth the trade. So I, it comes down to Dumlin and Pedersen. If you're going to move a lefty D, um, who might bring the highest return? I, I think Dumlin out of those two. Um, and I think P.O. has shown that he can play on the top pairing, top minutes uh, with Chris Letang. So uh, I think if they're going to move a defenseman, Dumoulin or Pedersen would be my pick, and depending on what their target is, uh, Dumoulin probably the more likely of the two to go out. Uh, we have another question. Uh, Justin, he said, which Wilkes-Barre Penguin is next to make that Brian Rust-like jump to the NHL, and why is it Jordy Bellarif? Uh I mean, actually, out of the young forwards that they have, Bellarive would be my pick to, to make that jump. Of the younger guys, uh, he's the biggest thing with him. I think last year was his skating. He was a little bit on the slower side, and you can just see through these first three games that um, he looks faster. JD Forrest said that too. That he looks like he's uh, taken a step. I asked Bellarive about it. Bellarive said he his speed and like explosive skating was his biggest focus this off season. So um, you can see it. He's uh, he has two goals so far. He's he's physical when he's not scoring. Uh, he's just 
he has a really well-rounded game. Um, so he would be my pick. Now, some of the veteran forwards that they brought in in the offseason, they have, like, if, if, if you were asked, like, who, who could come up right now, I think my pick would be Josh Curry, the captain. Um, he's on Wilkes-Barre's power play. He has a, re- his shot on the power play is so dangerous. He's probably their, he, he's their best guy on that, on that top power play unit. Um, I really like him. And then, uh, Tim Schaller, who's not even on an NHL contract right now. He's on an AHL deal, which is surprising because he spent almost the entire year in the NHL last year with, uh, Vancouver and then and then L.A., but uh, he's he's on that top power play, too. He's the net front guy. He's really good in that role. And then um, he, I think, I'm pretty sure he leads the team in shots right now. He's, he led, I know he definitely led in uh, Saturday's game. He had seven shots on goal. I think the game before that, he had five. Uh, he just looked really good, and uh, I he would be my pick to, I, I think he should earn an NHL deal at some point this season, come up, even if it's just for a few games or in the taxi squad. Yeah, that seems a good, good place to wrap it up. Uh, thanks for your questions. If you have more questions, uh, I have one more episode of these to do before Dayton comes back. So, uh, you can tweet me, DM me, find the, uh, article file on the site, dkpittsburghsports.com. Leave them in the comments. I'll see them wherever you put them. And uh, I'll take your questions on the next episode of the Daily Shot of Famous Podcast. Thanks for listening.